grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Today is Pentecost. Yay. <laughs> Good Lutherans. Yep. Let's look at let's look at Pentecost for a second. Sometimes we got to take it back. Pentecost basically is uh, the the Jewish festival that celebrates 50 days after Passover. So Penta, you know, like the Pentagon, five sides. Pentecost, 50 days after. But today, here in the Christian Church, today we hear a new meaning for the flames of fire, rushing wind, and that the language barrier is no longer a barrier for spreading the gospel message. Today, the, the Hebrew word ruach, the Greek word panuma, the breath of God, the Holy Spirit, comes to the early church as recorded in the book of Acts chapter 2 and gives us inspiration for those who believe in Christ to go out into the world and share the good news that Christ is risen. You haven't forgotten. Good job. Today, that mission continues. And that same Holy Spirit that was poured out way back in Acts chapter 2 is the same Holy Spirit that was poured out unto you at your baptism and the same Holy Spirit that is with us today, both as individuals and a church, that calls us to share God's great news that Jesus Christ is not dead, but Jesus Christ is alive. And because of his life, death, and resurrection, through thought, word, and deed, we are called to share the good news and claim the fact that by God's grace, through faith in him, we are saved from sin, death, and the power of the devil. Amen? Amen. Okay, I could just end there, but I have three more pages. Let's go. All right, let me ask you a question. How many of you today came to church via train? Nobody? Anybody bring a train with them? A lot of parents in here. Okay. Uh, anybody come here by car? Oh, hey. Woohoo. Okay, great. Awesome. You must really like your car. Um, let me tell you a true story. In the late 1800s, no business matched the financial and political dominance of the railroad industry. Trains dominated transportation industry in the United States, moving both people and goods. I mean, how many of you have seen Zorro? Lots of trains, okay? Then a new discovery came along, the car. How many of you love your car? And incredibly, when the car came along, the leaders of the railroad industry didn't take advantage of their unique position to participate in the transportation development. The automotive revolution was happening all around them, yet they could not take their industry dominance and capitalize on this opportunity. In his videotape, The Search for Excellence, Tom Peters points out the reason. He says, The railroad barons did not understand what business they were in. Peter observes, Peters observes that though they thought they were in the train business, they in fact were in the transportation business. Time passed them by, and so did opportunity. They couldn't see what their real purpose was. If the railroad barons at the turn of the century understood that they were actually in the transportation business and not the trains business, how many of us would be driving golds rather than Fords? The same thing happened with the watch and clock industry. How many of you have a watch on today? Anybody? All right. Anybody time in the sermon? Good. All right. 
Actually, I kid you not, my home pastor, Pastor Tom Phillips on the west side of Columbus, he always look, he said that I can see all of you, and if I see any of you looking at your watch, I will add five minutes to the sermon. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He's serious. Actually, I could probably do that too, so watch it. All right, anyway. Um, so in the clock and watch industry, who dominates the watch and clock industry? The Swiss, right? They controlled at one point 90% of all revenue in this industry. They made the most precise gears and springs in the world. Their watches and clocks were perfect. Then something new happened called the quartz movement, an LCD watch. Guess who invented it? A Swiss man. But because it had no gears or knobs or springs, it was rejected. They failed to recognize that they were in the business of helping people tell time, not in the business of precision gears. They lost their dominance in the industry, and today the Swiss now control 20% of all revenue. Seiko is the dominant leader. And how about this for an example, finally? Think about it. If Sports Illustrated magazine understood that it was in the sports information business and not the publishing business, we would now be watching the Sports Illustrated channel and not ESPN. So how about us? Today on Pentecost, as many refer to as the birthday of the church, if we as a church forget that our purpose is making disciples for Jesus Christ, we too will become obsolete. If we lose our focus and go on cruise control, we will go the way of the trains, the Swiss, and Sports Illustrated. Still around, but not realizing our full potential. We must remember our basic identity. We must, whenever, however, wherever, fulfill our basic purpose. And that is to claim and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, learn the will of God, and minister to all with God's love, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do so. How many of you, before you do something challenging, take a deep breath? All right, everyone do it with me, all right? Ready? Take a deep breath. I didn't say let it out. Take a deep breath. Let it out. Feel better? Let's do it again. Take a deep breath. One of the hardest things I ever had to do in seminary, and congratulations, Ben, on graduating seminary on Saturday. Well done. Well done, good and faithful sir. Give him a round of applause. That's hard. If all the difficult things that you had to do in seminary, all the difficult things Match had to do... Did they have seminary back then, Match? No? Okay. Oh, I'm just kidding. Of course they did. Anyway, um... <laughs> How do I recover from that? Okay. Um, now, when I was in seminary, um, one of the hardest exercises I had to do, and we had a lot of difficult exercises, a lot of what we called flaming hoops to jump through. Um, one of the hardest things I ever had to do in my pastoral care and counseling class was sit down in what's called Shank Chapel and be in the moment. That was my assignment for the day. That was my assignment for 45 minutes of class. Can you imagine me sitting down for 45 minutes, not making noise? And I just drank a Mountain Dew. And <laughs> I didn't know. And so going in there, and the task was to not think about what has already happened, not think about the past, not think about what you're going to do, but really be in the present right here and now. I had to listen to my breath. 
I had to listen to that heartbeat that God gave me. Sometimes we really just got to get back to the basics, folks. We got to take it back to what is the core of our life, the core meaning that we have. And that Holy Spirit of God that was breathed into Adam at the beginning of creation is the same Holy Spirit that was breathed on the church at Pentecost, the same Holy Spirit that was breathed and poured out onto us at baptism, the same Holy Spirit that is in you now. I don't know about you, but sometimes tough times come up. And sometimes I, I look at to God and I'm like, I got nothing, Lord. And it's in those times that I'm reminded of that lesson that I had to just breathe. God comes to us in such a pure way that when we just breathe, we are reminded of the very presence of the Almighty God, the breath of God, the Holy Spirit. The lesson of Acts describing Pentecost may dazzle us with tales of tongues of fire and rushing wind, but Pentecost is more than simple pyrotechnics and magic languages pouring out from the mouths of Galilean peasants. It's about hearing the great deeds of God so clearly, so powerfully, that our lives are transformed to be people who proclaim the Prince of Peace in a world looking for peace. To be doers of justice in the face of injustice. To be purveyors of peace in a world of violence. Today we say yes to the mission and the giver of our mission. Today all of us are gathered here called to join the confirmation students at the next service and make an affirmation of our baptism to say yes again by the power of the Holy Spirit to Jesus Christ. How many of you have ever watched a movie and you felt inspired when you left? Anybody walk tall at a movie? You know, you walk out and like, yeah, all right, okay. I, I like to watch movies to get fired up. Uh... I could try to fire you up today with a couple of lines. If you build it, he will come. Win one for the Gipper. Anybody else have a, a famous line from a movie that fires them up? Huh? No? What do you think, Steve? Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. Awesome. Nice. I didn't think of that one. Wait, can I? Let's see if I can do it. Yeah, I can do it. All right. We're cool. Okay. All right. Uh, how many of you have ever uttered this line from a movie? I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. Uh, Steve Moyer is actually a lawyer, Lawyer Moyer, and I asked this question and he said, you can't handle the truth. Okay, yeah, all right. I tend as a Lutheran to say, you know, that famous line that actually came from a real person was later in a movie called Luther. Um, Here I stand, I can do no other, God help me pretty much my prayer whenever I preach. <laughs> a favorite song of mine that I have is This Little Light of Mine. Anybody know that song? Sometimes you've got to take it back. And I'm inspired whenever I hear the congregation saying, This Little Light of Mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bush, oh no. Is it a bush, oh no, or bushel, no? Is it a bushel? What's a bushel? It's a basket? Nancy, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. I, I, but you can understand how I could be confused by this. 
Let's talk after service. Okay. Um, if you were baptized, let's get on track. If you were baptized in the Lutheran church, chances are you were given at your baptism not only the Holy Spirit being poured upon you, but also a little candle to remind you of the light that Jesus Christ, the light of Jesus Christ, the light that no darkness can overcome, and also of the fact that you are to let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Matthew 5:16. Today we come together as a church and combine our lights so that they may shine so bright, the light of this congregation may shine so bright that those in darkness will have no opportunity to not see it. I have one last lesson for the confirmants today, and I share it with you because I think it's one we can all heed. When life comes at you and you get distracted from your relationship with God and the mission that God has given us, remember this. With God, all things are possible. The Holy Spirit of God within you has the power to turn your mess into your message and your test to become your testimony. God loves you. Christ died and rose again for you. And the inspiring Holy Spirit is with you always. So let us not leave here satisfied with the status quo, but let us then, with the rush of wind, a deep breath, and the fire of the Holy Spirit in our bellies, today and every tomorrow, join in the lifelong mission of proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, learning God's will, and ministering to all with God's love. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.